May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Do please sit. Jesus said to them, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men, familiar words. This sermon is a sort of risk really, but then the Christian life is a risk, even being confirmed is a risk. I was 14 when I was confirmed, I did so to stop my parents nagging me about getting confirmed. Look what's happened to me. You can be claimed by Christ without him realizing. You might be a bishop before you know it, some of those down here. Um, And you don't know what God's got in store for you. Those first disciples, we've just heard, they were happily mending their nets, getting on with life, minding their own business. Jesus comes along. There's no sign that they've ever met him before. Come, follow me. And off they go. It's quite extraordinary. What possessed them? What did their wives make of it? What about poor old Zebedee who's left behind to do all the work? Perhaps they'd already heard of Jesus and were curious. They went to find out and of course it transformed their lives. No doubt about that. James and John went off to follow Jesus James, he would be the first of the disciples to give his own life because of his faith. The Acts of the Apostles tells us that around AD 44, King Herod Agrippa persecuted the church, put James to the sword and arrested Peter. So they lived lives, they died deaths of such influence and power because of Jesus that we are here tonight. If that calling of those first disciples had not happened, there would be no calling now. Jesus still calls us all. And those being confirmed and baptized this evening are responding, praise God, to the call of Christ upon them. They're on a great Christian adventure. They've no idea where Jesus will lead them, except that the destination for us all is the kingdom of God. Now, I said this sermon would be a risk. It's a risk for a quite different reason. I've been reading again one of my favorite books, and if you don't like it, that's a bit tough on you, uh, listening to this sermon. I, I downloaded this book free on my iPad. thought I'd mention that to show how in touch I am. You know, you, you are meant to be impressed. But uh, it's a story which was published over 100 years ago. The Wind in the Willows, by Kenneth Graham. I never actually read the book as a child, uh, and only really read it properly after I saw Alan Bennett's brilliant uh, theatre production uh, at the National Theatre, well, years ago now. And as the characters came on stage, Mole and Rat and Toad and Badger, I remember sitting there in the theatre thinking they all looked a bit like the first disciples to me. Now, it's an occupational habit, you see, for a bishop to see God and religion in everything. Um, But I like to think what I saw made some sense. It was a sort of God moment. Even bishops have them sometimes. 
Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Kenneth Graham never intended any religious interpretation of the wind in the willows, and nor did he imagine a bishop might use his story in a sermon at a confirmation a century on. But bear with me, and you might see my point. And it wasn't just the first disciples I saw in Mole and Rat and Toad and Badger and all the rest. I mean, remember, there are weasels and stoats, there's otter and squirrels and rabbits, a mixed lot, says Rat of the Rabbits, The candidates in the confirmation classes I'd taken over the years had some of the characteristics of the animals on the riverbank as I looked down in front of me. (laughs) Well, I've only met them for a short while earlier on. Um, Each, of course, seemed to be looking for something different in their religion. Each had a different personality. Each had their own history. Some loved God for the security he gave them. Others that I've prepared for confirmation in the past and indeed confirmed have seen the Christian life as a great adventure. Confirmation candidates, those being baptized, they come in all shapes and sizes. And that's because Jesus Christ is indiscriminate. He calls us all and saves us all. He wants us all to respond in love to him. And that's why this evening is so wonderful. And such a wonderful encouragement to those of us who've been disciples for a long time. Jesus calls. Those being baptized and confirmed have responded. And an abundance of grace is going to be poured into their lives tonight by word and sacrament. And by your presence and your prayers around them. But let's go back to the riverside and to the lakeside. The wind in the willows and Mark's gospel begin by the water. You may remember in the wind in the willows, Mole is doing his spring cleaning underground and gets fed up with his ordinary closed-in routine. He emerges from his tunnel. He wanders about a bit. He's blinking because the world is so bright. And he sees a river. He's never seen a river before. He sees great beauty in the flowing water. The other animals think he's a bit odd. And what they take for granted, because they're so used to it, Mole notices and his life is transformed. The new Christian often looks at the world and other people with fresh eyes, the eyes of the Spirit. And a baptism and a confirmation gives every one of us the chance to notice things again, to see things, as it were, for the first time. Perhaps tonight will prompt some of us to discover the joy in the dawn of every new day, the sense of wonder that God's world should be so brimming over with life, Perhaps we might notice that there's more love, kindness, long-suffering, compassion and mercy in the world than the newspapers would have you believe. Yes, of course there's evil, but that shouldn't blind us to the glory of the presence of righteousness and justice and goodness. They're there in abundance because Jesus Christ is abundant too. 
In the story, you'll remember Mole meets Rat. And Rat loves the river. And he loves an ordered life. He likes rules. He likes regulations. And Mole goes to live with him. A mole is taught to fear the wild wood and what lies beyond it. What's even worse, the wide world. Stay secure where you are. Stick to what you know. That's, that's Rat's advice. And then along comes Toad. Toad's well off. He's a show-off. He lives in a magnificent gentleman's residence, parts of which date back to the 14th century. He has enthusiasms, and he likes dressing up. No wonder his uncle was an archdeacon. That's a little detail in the wind in the willows that you, some of us might notice. He buys a motor car. He's the worst driver you've ever seen. And he excites Mole, timid little chap though he is, because Toad is fun to be with. But of course Toad gets into trouble and you can't rely on him. And then there's Badger, wise old Badger who's been around a long time, who knows a thing or two. He thinks Rat's a bit too cautious and Toad rather stupid, but they are his friends and he will be loyal to them. They both need a bit of wisdom. Let's return to those first disciples Those brothers, James and John, remember, were given a nickname by Jesus. Boanerges, sons of thunder. There was always an explosion when they were around. They were were show-offs. Remember, they wanted the best seats at the heavenly banquet. Didn't want to be just like any old disciples. They wanted to sit next to the Lord in his kingdom. They were just like Toad, drawing attention to themselves. And what did Jesus do? He took all that energy in their lives, he channeled it into zeal and passion for God and the gospel. They were transformed. No wonder it was James who was the first of the disciples to give his life as a martyr in Christ's service. He wasn't showing off. He was willing to die rather than betray his saviour. Now, in Kenneth Graham's story, Mole's a rather timid character. No one could call Simon timid in the Gospels. But remember, Jesus changed his name too. Kephas, he called them in the Aramaic they both spoke, or Peter in Greek. And either way, the word means rock. And was it his rock-like character that caused Jesus to give him that nickname? Or was it the rock of his confession of faith? For he was, after all, the first to see that Jesus was the son of the living God. But there was a bit of mole in him, as there is a bit of mole in most of us. Mole could be timid, easily frightened, pushed around. He goes off, you'll recall, on an adventure of his own into the wild wood, and he gets lost and fearful. And Peter, Simon Peter, remember, he ran away. And a young servant girl recognizing him 
prompted him to deny that he'd even known Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. Those who are being baptized and confirmed tonight will, I'm sure, I'm sure, mean everything they say about following Jesus Christ. They will mean everything they say about seeking forgiveness of their wrongdoings and walking in the light of Christ. But if James and John could show off so much and Peter could be so easily pushed into a denial, are we likely to be any different? We must know our weaknesses, but we must also know God's power to save. After all, following his resurrection, the risen Christ forgave Peter, remember, not once, not twice, but three times, and then told him, feed my sheep. Only a forgiven sinner can preach the gospel of Christ. Only a forgiven sinner knows an abundance of grace. And in front of us tonight, we have forgiven sinners. There are no other people whom Jesus Christ calls. What a wise old badger. Well, he'd seen a lot of life. And wisdom doesn't mean you have no more to learn. Among the disciples, when I look at him, I think of Thomas. Thomas wasn't gullible. He was willing to be faithful. His doubts were not disbelief. They were the result of the wisdom of a man who was not to be taken in. He wanted, remember, to see the wounds of Jesus Christ. He didn't want a fairy story. He wanted suffering transformed. He wanted God to be revealed in a saviour who'd known pain and death. And there's wisdom for you. Because the saviour of those to be baptised and confirmed is a saviour who has known pain and suffering and death for you and me, for their sins, for mine, for the world. Now after their many adventures, Mole, Rat, Toad and Badger live happily ever after in friendship with each other in Toad Hall. They belong to one another. And so do those being baptised and confirmed tonight. They belong to one another, but not simply to each other. They belong to Jesus Christ and to a Christian family of millions of believers the world over. They have more brothers and sisters who belong to Christ and his church than they will ever be able to count. And they're on a journey to the widest of all possible worlds, the kingdom of God. It's a discovery which takes a lifetime, even eternity to make. And those first words of Jesus to those disciples are repeated again and again. The time has come. The time has come tonight. The kingdom of God is upon you. Repent and believe the gospel. In the name of that same God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.